Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are recapping the Batman and full spoiler details. So if you have not seen it, I would get out of here. And I'm here with the good cop to my batshit cop. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Michael. I'm glad that we together we could do this. That we, we we brought these two. This was our master plan. We we're bringing them into the light. You did it for me, Michael. You did it. You did everything. <laughs> yes, I, I love the praise. Keep it coming. Um, <laughs> And guess what? Hey, we have doubled down here today. We have Ooh. two guests with us. They both share the same first name. But I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with uh, a newcomer here, Alex Day, who's never been on the podcast before. Alex, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm really good. Um, this is actually my first ever podcast ever, Ooh. so I'm very excited to be here. Um, and other Alex, we actually also share middle names too. So that's very exciting. Well, Day, I want to uh, I want to give you the chance here, real quick, um, to like introduce yourself to the audience, let people know who you are, um, and then maybe like uh, give your like general thoughts on the Batman. Um, okay, I am all things nerd, but not super obsessed. I guess I sort of come at the stuff from like a um, intense, casual view. I would say, um, loved the film, absolutely. Could not rave it about it enough. I saw it again this morning, so I've seen it twice now. Um, and yeah, I just really loved it through and through. No problems at all. I thought it just flew by and it was fantastic. Well, just like the twins, we have another Alex here. Um, it's Alex Brizard. How are you? I am doing great. I'm here with my rain boots, my poncho. You know, it's just been raining a lot recently, and I, I figured it would be best to come with like an umbrella. Just make sure I don't get wet. So I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to talk about this movie. I'm here with good friends, great cinema. Like, what more could I ask for? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Okay, so listen, this is what, like, we've been talking for a while. We have a group mm -hmm. chat. We've been discussing this movie. And, like, personally, we've talked about it before. I don't like to, like, talk about my opinions too much. And it mainly comes down to I just don't like repeating myself. Like, I feel like <laughs> a, a broken record sometimes. So it, I try to minimize that where, what, what, where I can. Um, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to blindside you guys a little bit i don't think i loved this movie i think i might like this movie the least oh. of the four of us and i oh. i know this is dangerous i know like i can already see you guys you're pulling out like your batons you're you're ready to kick my ass here i i do i have a lot of complaints now let me let me also just say though um this is this is it's a, it's it's a good movie right like my top 10 marvel movies i, I have a lot of complaints about that mo those movies you know it's like i'm not coming at it like is an angle like I don't like DC movies or I don't like the Batman or I don't like this movie in particular. Um, this is the kind of stuff I like, but if I am looking at it as a film, I think there are a lot of problems that I have personally. Mm. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, well, I've put on my armor. I'm ready to fight. So I got my bats. <laughs> yeah. On. Wow. You can shoot whatever you got. All right. But so this is exciting. Cool. All right. Um, well, Tommy, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I did love it. And I think it's cause like, I am like, a pretty big Batman fan. And and this felt like that detective-y Batman that we, mm. we see in the comics. And, and we haven't really gotten, you get a little bit in Nolan's, but but not a ton of, of the detective stuff. And, and that film noir really worked for me. I, I do think there's, I have qualms too, uh, but I think a lot of my feelings and more so are if they don't do things in the future. You know, I think mm. this is going to be an arc and I think there's certain things I want to see happen. And if they do, then I'll be happy. But, you know, uh, and that's that's where because like I'll say right now the big thing for me was like Playboy Bruce like we don't get that but that doesn't need to be happen here and it doesn't it wouldn't work to have Playboy uh, Bruce Wayne here 
But All right, we're just getting right into it. Sorry, I don't think yeah. that was the point of this movie. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't think it yeah. was supposed to be billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. This is Bruce year two of being the Batman. He's yeah. getting beat up. He's depressed. And I think what this movie really encapsulated was Batman, while he is beating up villains in for the sense of like justice, a lot of this is just like for himself. And and, he, then, and yeah. I loved that look at Batman in this film because that's not something we get in a lot of movies. Maybe in a TV show, maybe in a video game, definitely in the comics, but never in a movie have we seen this side of Batman. And it's real, and it, it, it's how he starts. He does this for himself. Yeah, and that's I think to my like what I was saying is like, but but by. Uh, movie two, movie three, you know, I felt like towards the end of this movie, they pushed that like, hey, he, Bruce realizes that he can't just be the Batman. He needs to be all sides mm -hmm. of Bruce Wayne. So I think that's what I'm saying is like, right now, did not make sense to have it be. It would have ruined the movie, I think. And I I, But by the end of it, I'll be like, all right, let's see something happen. So um, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out some of my complaints there, and we can talk about it as we go through as well. Um, I feel like this movie spread itself very thin I, I think there was a lot going on in the movie um and i felt like for instance i love zoe kravitz i thought her performance was great but honestly i think you could have cut her out of the movie altogether and i think it would have serviced the movie more um and i think there was a lot of little points like that where i was just like uh like with with carmine it's like carmine had this relationship with batman's father and then he also has this relationship with her and it's like it, you never have time to focus on one thing and I think I got a little lost in that. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think this movie does anything new. And again, I don't want you guys to like fight me on this, but listen, uh, I see, I see Seven, Zodiac, Silence of the Lambs, Saw, uh, mm -hmm. The Dark Knight. Like I feel like this is, like it just it didn't like when we, we talked about Eternals, right? That was like it felt like they were revolutionizing the way that we saw Marvel movies. And I don't know that that like this did it for me in that way. So. Uh, I really do appreciate a lot of this. I'm excited for more movies, but uh, Dave, in particular, I want to hear your uh, comeback to that. What, what do you think of my complaints here? I do. I will say, I think your complaint about Selena, I have similar thoughts. Um, my main thing is not that she shouldn't have been in the film, but I, after seeing it again, um, something that sort of struck out to me is um, when uh, we find out when she reveals that um, Falcone is her father. Um, I thought that that should have landed better if it was just that he killed her mother, not like he is her father, because it still, it then bonds, um, Bruce and Selena because both their, one of their parents dies. Right. Um, and it still sort of has a reason for her to be here and for, for revenge. I didn't really see the need for like him to be her dad. Um, but big picture though, I, I fully disagree. I think this is a side of Batman we have never seen in the mainstream um, live action Batman films. We've never really seen like the, the gritty side of Batman putting in the work um, and going through. And I really just loved that the entire film is almost at nighttime. There's three scenes, I believe, that are during the day, the opening scene from the Riddler, and then there is the exterior of the funeral. Um, and then there's like one or two sunrise scenes, but the entire film is at nighttime. We don't ever see that before. Like we really, they, sh they um, cinematically make the film the shadows, which I thought was a really cool theme and like um, motif throughout the whole film. I totally agree. I think what I couldn't disagree with Michael Moore. So here we go. I think that 
while this movie may have not given us anything new, it was just literally the most Batman movie. I'm stealing from my co-host Evan here. It was the most Batman movie a, a, a Batman movie could be. It was, to me, just so epic and beautiful, and it was brought da- back down to the street. Maybe it was because our most recent look at Batman was Ben Affleck fighting aliens and fighting with Superman and Wonder Woman. So maybe I had really missed the street level of Batman. I appreciate that this was a fresh look at him. To me, this was like a character study of the Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne was not the main star in this film. It was the Batman. And it was nailed at the end, even when the Riddler was like, we both know this is the real you. And I was like, this is amazing because the whole movie is told from Batman's perspective. And we have so little time spent as Bruce which is unheard of in a Batman movie. We normally get an origin story. We normally get the Playboy uh, billionaire thing. We get his relationship with Alfred. But really, in this movie, only the relationship with Alfred was the only Bruce we got to see. And he was always working on Batman stuff. It was such a deep dive look at like what a, a, a masked vigilante would be going through on like a day-to-day level. And just like the psychological torture, the paranoia, and like the 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 just physical toll. It was such a good look at what I think everything Batman is. Yeah, and I think the the new stuff, Michael, to me is like the fact this is early Batman. Like many times we see him fumble. We see, you know, the parachute bridge. We mm-hmm. see the, you know, him not being able to figure out the cyphers without Alfred, like things like that. And so like that's the new stuff. Is seeing a Batman still figuring it out. And uh, I think it's also like, yeah, I hear you. Like, obviously, this is very David Fincher uh, influence. Mm-hmm. It's it's where you get to is how much is an homage and how much is like, well, this is just the same. This is you're just rinsing and repeating. Okay, and then fair points. I'm, and um, I, I love I love the passion that uh, you guys are bringing with with your takes here. Um, but so let's move let's move on let's move into this segment here tommy um i want to i want to hear you talk about the comics a little bit um which is something that is a blind spot for me um i actually read some of long halloween i've never finished it's sitting right over there i really have no <laughs> excuse um but uh I, I want you to like kind of fill us in on where a lot of this is coming from yeah and like you know i just mentioned david fincher obviously thematically that's the big influence on the movie um but I do think, like, there's tons of comic books. I know Long Halloween is always mentioned beforehand, like, oh, that's what it's going to be based on, maybe a little bit year one. Guys, there's a there's a lot. Like, little things. Like, they'll take one nugget. Like, Martha Martha Arkham. That's mm-hmm. from one comic, like, that they just pulled from. So it's, like, things like, uh, you Day, you mentioned uh, Falcone being uh, in Selena. That's from one of the comics, you know? So it's, like, stuff like that. Uh, and this is also my, I'll give it now. These are my recommendations that we're going to do at the end. Uh, read these comics. They're really good. Uh Court of Owls is uh, a, a big influence on some of this stuff. I do think we might see some of that. Uh, no Man's Land, I also think, is where we're going to in the future. And No Man's Land had some influence on here, Earth One, Year One, Long Halloween. Uh, and yeah, that's that, that's basically it. But still, I mean, it, mm-hmm. you don't usually see any, something adapt so many comics at once. It's usually like, you know, think Civil War. It's like, it's just Civil War. That's what you're adapting. But this took a lot of influence from a lot of different things. I love it. Completely fair. So another thing I want to talk about here, and I think it's interesting, and it's another complaint of mine. Um, it's a little weird to me that 
of all the Batman movies, and I know I'm sure there's one I'm not considering here, but we typically get like the, and I know the complaints. Uh, you don't want to constantly revisit that origin and like seeing his parents get killed. We all know it happens. It's assumed. But I felt like this was the one Batman where I actually wanted to see more from his father because the plot is so much centered around him. I actually kind of wish we got a little bit more about that. Um, it, it seemed like we were talking about this character that like I had no idea about. Um, what is your take on that day? I think it's coming. I think that this very much is going to be hopefully a trilogy at some point. And I think that... I think you're making a good point of like, I think a part of this film, and I think it's going to be part of the, the, the arc in general if they go for a three, is like legacy, right? Like the legacy of the, the Batman and Bruce and stuff and his father. And I think his father's not going away in just this film. I do think that like the, the founding fathers of Gotham, I think are going to be a big deal in, in the future of the franchise. Um, and so I, I do think that like, even though we didn't see a ton of time, like the like Wayne, I do think it kind of worked in that way because it was like more mysterious. So then when you find the big reveal, you know, or what's supposed to be like a big, like, Oh, he's not who you thought he was. It almost, cause we only see him through Bruce's eyes. If that makes sense. I'm going to go back to what I doubled down before. This is not a story about Bruce Wayne at the moment. This is a story about the Batman. And so while the origin of his parents' death is what helps get him there, it, it, it's not the Batman's focus at this point. And so I get what you're saying, and I agree with what Day was getting at, is I think it, that moment is coming, the on-screen moment. It'll be in a flashback of some sort. It'll be it, – it, what's great about this is I think it'll be, like, beautiful. That's the one word at the score of this movie, the cinematography. Everything about this was, like, beautiful to me. It was so gorgeous that, like, I – in the movie, I was like, I don't want to see it again. I don't need to. I've seen it so many times. But now that I've seen this, I go, all right, he's left me wanting more. I would like to see him take on that scene now. And that's what you want. I want to see more. Yeah. yeah it, going off of that. Oh, sorry, over here. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, um, like, I, I feel like that is the great thing about this. And it kind of, like, it takes me back to Dune that we had this year. Mm. And that, like, that movie was very, like, uh, just kind of stopped abruptly. Um, but I was like, I can't judge it for that because I haven't seen the other movies. So uh, kind of like what well, that kind of seems to be the theme thus far. It's like, I want to see more. I think this universe has so much to offer and I'm excited for it. Um, so, but I, I just feel like uh, I, I'd like to see the full picture. But uh, Dave, did you have something to say? Yeah, I think with the world building, like there's so much that we really didn't see, but that was sort of like hinted at. Like even with the Batmobile, that whole chase with the Penguin was entirely from the Penguin's point of view. Right. We never saw him inside the car. We don't know the extent of what this Batmobile can actually do. And so like there's little things like that where it's like, I think in the next one, we're going to get that. We're going to get more about Thomas Wayne, which I believe this is the first live where like there's even discussion that like maybe they're not good people, right? Like mm -hmm. they're usually presented as like these, you know, wonderful parents and they died and so sad, but there was even this hint of like maybe they're corrupt as well, right? Like maybe there's problems. Um, and I think there's just going to be a lot more in the next um, extension of this universe where we're going to see Gotham in the light um, because this one was so much in the dark. And I think that is really going to come. And I think that was like so purposeful that, you know, so much of Batman first coming on screen is walking out of that um, dark subway. And I think that we're going to then see Bruce Wayne being the Batman, not Batman having to like be in the daytime as Bruce. 
can we talk about that opening scene where we do first see him? Because yeah. it was so epic to me. The the voiceover of him talking, he's like, my victims think I'm in the shadows. I am the shadows. And we get the visual representation of all these criminals looking at the bat signal and then just seeing a dark alleyway. And I'm not going to lie. It, it gave me like a little pit in my stomach. I was nervous. And it, we're like moments into the movie. And then finally, like when trouble is like really coming, he's you just hear the boots. And the boots were so menacing. How many actors do you know that just their walk kind of threatened you? So I, I give props to Robert, Robert Pattinson because a lot of his acting was like, I don't want to say non, well, yeah, nonverbal. A lot of his acting was nonverbal, but it was amazing. Yeah, I was going to bring this up of like, do we think this is the best Batman entrance? Because for me, it is like I think of Nolan's and like, it's like very quick and he like jumps down. And it's like, we don't, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a fight sequence. I kind of liked that it. it was like, take me as I like, like I'm going to walk in just cool, cool, calm and collected. I, I loved it. I loved the intro. I loved it. Yeah, no, and uh, am, am I the only one that's incredibly sad this wasn't rated R? Yes, so I, I've talked about. Fully it. agree with you with that. I think if it had it been rated R, I think it could have just like pushed those boundaries just a little bit more. Um, I'd say I still the only times I really wanted it to be rated R were when he was like beating the people's face. I wanted like blood on his hands and like. That's the, really the only time I felt like it was missing. I, I didn't even notice it majority of the time that it wasn't rated R. So I do get the complaint, but I, I don't know how much it would have enhanced it for me personally. Yeah, I felt like it was dark enough with the yeah. tone and everything else. And, and they went they went as far as they probably could without it being rated R. So like, I was I scared. Yeah. And uh, I, I just want to backtrack to like talking about like Batman and the different ways Batman does things. One of the things uh, I noticed was that you know when he enters the iceberg lounge, he enters it three times. I each, love that. So he does it differently each time. The first time he does it as Batman, which is you know one way that that Bruce Wayne Batman all it, it's like very much feels like the comics of like he tries as Batman. If that doesn't work, he goes as Bruce Wayne. He uses like he came in as just you know Bruce Wayne and regular clothes and got an audience with Penguin. And then the third way is being sneaky. He was like you know going through the going through around it. It's like that was cool. That's like we watched him learn so much this film and. It, this film to me was a big example of show, not tell it. We didn't get Bruce being like to Alfred. I'm learning that I need to be more sneaky. People are, are blah, blah, blah. He, he just, we see these things happen. And it was so great because on a second watch, you start noticing a lot more of those things where you're just like, Oh my God, he's getting better. And it gets to the climax of the movie where he's like, I can't be vengeance anymore. I need to be more than that. And you just see small increments of that building throughout the whole thing. And it's just really beautifully done. Yeah, so I, I do want to say, um, I, I've, I've reserved the right to change my opinions after I see it a second time, because <laughs> I, I do, I, I totally uh, agree with what you said there. I, I think there's a lot to be gained by watching this again. Um, and you know what? I would love to watch it with subtitles a second time. Um, I don't know about you guys, but, and this, uh, this is like one of my last complaints, I promise. But, um, and it's usually, it's like a movie theater thing. And it, like, I wasn't it necessarily the best movie theater, um, but sometimes they don't get the audio just right. This is a problem with a lot of Christopher Nolan films, actually. Uh, Tenet was a great example. Um, but sometimes it was just hard to understand what people were saying, especially when like, there were so many like details being given to us through like a video or uh, like a, through a like a live stream or a face call. So like that kind of stuff was tough, but then also everybody, everybody talks like this, even if they're not Batman. 
I'm like, come on, please. Like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, so that, that is, uh, I, I'm done with my complaints there. Uh, another topic I want to bring up here. Um, and I'm interested to hear maybe Tommy, you can shed some light on the comics. Um, but the mayor's son is like, he is like a big mm. point in this movie. There's not a whole lot going on, but he's constantly showing up. He's uh, constantly making eye contact with uh, Bruce Wayne here. Um, and look, I don't know the first thing about Robin, but is this not like a great Robin choice? That was fully my theory, by the way. Oh, <laughs> fully, I'll be honest, 100%, I, think, I think it's happening. I didn't okay. think of him as Robin because to me, sorry to cut into, I know you just asked Tommy and then Day had a point, sorry to cut <laughs> in. So uh, to me, that was kind of what I was getting at uh, about the natural progression of like Batman and the mythology of him was this boy saw him helping at the crime scene, saw Bruce Wayne at the funeral, like the, 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 and then the moment at the end, he was able to grab his hand. So like, that was just such a progression in the story. To me, it was like, it was a metaphor. I didn't even consider him to possibly be a future Robin, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it. Yeah, no, I, I love that as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of like a metaphor, right? A lot of this film, there's so much symbolism. There's so many metaphors. There's so much, uh, we talk about this being like the Batman movie. It's a, it's a study of Batman. There's so many foils in comparison throughout, you know, Riddler and, and Bruce Wayne is a big comparison. We can, I, I have a lot of uh, things they did, you know, uh, with comparing those two. And I think this kid, right? It's like every time he sees this kid, this is him. It's him going back. And a lot of this movie yep. is him overcoming his parents' death. Like he doesn't accept it. And, and he's almost acting like it just doesn't, didn't happen. And so like, I think a lot of that is, is right there. Maybe that's why we didn't see it. He's he's like, uh, it didn't happen. Oh that's my God. That's what I'm saying. We're getting it from Bruce's point of view. Like it's like, we're, we're seeing them through Bruce's eyes and mm. Batman's eyes. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would love this, like, if they do, like, the Star Wars prequel thing where, like, um, the next movie jumps ahead, like, maybe eight to ten years. And, uh, yeah, we get a little bit more from this kid, uh, like, uh, for, like, a little Anakin transformation from Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones. Um, another, yeah. Speaking of another Robin, just saying in that uh, beginning gang, the the Joker gang is I'm pretty confident it was like a Joker gang is uh, one of the kids was uh, uh, an actor who is in Titan, plays Tim Drake. I just oh, thought that funny. was a nice reference. I don't think it'll actually be a Robin, but it is a nice little, te you know. I kept oh. saying that online. I didn't even want to bring it up because I was like, I don't agree with, like, why do, Why are people obsessing over this guy? Like, like <laughs> I think it's fun, but yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I got a question for the room. Do you guys enjoy kind of how these Batman villains in this world had, like, followings and, like, fans? Because to me, we didn't even see the Joker, but we saw the Joker. Well, was, we didn't see the Joker originally. We saw the Joker gang. and. I just love that because I figured I was like, oh, in the age we are in currently, that would be realistic. People, there'd be people who'd be like, he's not a villain. He's he's the chosen one. He's the Messiah. And so, like, to me, I love that. I, I thought that was really cool. Well, and it sets up the big twist with Riddler, right? It's like it's right in front yeah. of us. Like, people are getting gangs and stuff. And I, yep. it is, like, like, pure comic, right? Like, the comics have full, they have full, you know, goons, full henchmen. And I think it's setting up no no man's land where they're all fighting for territory. That's what's going to mm. happen. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, to go off of that as well, and to tie back in um, Robin, I think a lot of this is very much a circus of Gotham. And with the lore of Robin and his parents and everything, look at the very first scene of the film when we see the little boy. What is he doing? 
he's fighting his dad with with a ninja sword right like it's i there i feel like there's so many little threads where like they can make that happen and it would make so much sense i also think like what bizarre was more maybe going for is like just the metaphor is also there like there's a lot of these open-ended like artistic um expressions here that i think are just so well done yeah so I want to—I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on this, but I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was interesting. Because just like the mayor's son, it's something that we see throughout the movie. Um, it's like this drug, their eye drops, <laughs> um, and we see like we—I uh, I, like we see like propaganda about them, like on billboards, and like there's symbols, and like the symbol is like a face with a green drop, like a, and uh, I, I thought it was interesting. One of the people, one of the people at the beginning um, on Halloween had that green drop like it's like seems like such a big point in this mm. world and i feel like we didn't get enough of it i feel like that's something we can explore more later on um but also like i, I think that was the pg-13 kicking in is they okay. didn't want to be like oh they got street level heroin going on in this drug and you know what i mean like i think they were like let's make it a, a non-real drug to make it sound less scary I also just want to point this out because there's no other good time to do it. Um, but in that same scene with the guy in the grocery store with the mask on, um, the grocery store is called Good Times Grocery, which I believe is going to be a nod to Robert Patton's Robert Pattinson's film Good Time, which is very good. I highly recommend it. Interesting. Um, That's fun. But with that being said, another question, uh, kind of jumping to the end here a little bit. Um, we see Batman inject himself with what I, I kind of thought it might be the same drug. No, um, it was adrenaline. adrenaline. It, is that what that is? I, I totally it was took an that as an adrenaline yeah, shot. To me, that was like straight out of Pulp Fiction when he like couldn't get up and then foomp, and then he was like, ah, he hulked out. I thought it was Brad, adrenaline. Brad, I guess didn't... it did look like drops, though. Now that you say that, I just, in the moment, I great. did not put the comparison. Yeah, I think something completely different. Well, hold I on real you... quick. I, I just I want to put this out here to plug uh, to News Watch Cartoons. Uh, Briz, it was very similar to uh, Primal episode uh, five <laughs> when he drinks the uh, thing and hulks out. And but that's that's uh, totally separate. Tommy, what were you going to say? I, I think it's Bane Venom. Oh. I don't know. I don't actually. I think it probably is adrenaline, but it's green. It really, and he's like, whole, like he was angry. It looks you know? like, it does look like Bane's Venom and it has a similar effect. Ooh, if if Bruce Wayne was the one who created Bane's Venom, love it. Love it. That's what I'm saying, though. Is, so, like, I want to get back to actually something Michael said. It's really just been sitting with me. Why, how do you think they could have done this movie without Catwoman? Please. Tell me. I need why. How? Not have Catwoman. I mean, listen, okay, Her. we start out in her entire motivation that has to do with this friend. And I feel like they really want us invested in, like, what she's doing. But we never even met the friend. I didn't give a crap about that storyline at it's all. It's not about the friend. Okay, it wasn't, but it, tra it transformed later on. It's and about... It's about their love, for lack of a better term. But what love? It like, is what about are they... Bruce Wayne's addiction to the criminal aspect of what he does. Bruce Wayne is only attracted to the darkness, the underbelly, the seediness. He needs someone that is morally gray like him. And we are going to explore in future movies how the rest of his relationships fail because he will never find someone like Catwoman. Okay, I agree. Listen, maybe she shouldn't be cut out of the film, but I think they could have done it a lot better. Okay. Um, because I, I just personally, I didn't care about the relationship and I didn't care about her. Like, I'm mm. like, I just, uh, like, I do yeah. believe, like, that is a good point. It's it's a nice touch on his character, but 
like it's not really the focus of the story and that's what i mean by when i say we're like spreading ourselves very thin it's like i don't know i feel like it's just uh there's too many chapters in this book (laughs) what she did too though is like i agree with braids i i do think that like uh she did that i i think she also like she showed uh Bruce like another side of himself like 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 she said like we're not that different she says in the movie and that's like straight out of the comics is like that is a big thing with Catwoman and Batman is she sees him in a way that no one else does and I think also um he he came out of his shell with her and I do think like on a on a level of just looking at it as a film I think you lose a lot of what people like about Batman if you don't get those moments with Catwoman in this movie. I think it's like the moment you seem kind of loosen up a little bit, to be honest. Without it, you really just get broody Batman. And it's like, oh, I need to see him like joke a little bit. I need, I need, I need something. And, and these are these are fair arguments. Um Jay, what are your thoughts on Catwoman? Because you kind of agreed with Michael. I didn't forget that. I've taken notes. <laughs> I definitely one- um I can see how Michael is getting this sort of thought that uh, Catwoman's main purpose is just to be a vessel of getting Batman into places um, on a very just like plot point of view. Um, But I also think as well, if you remove her from the story, you have a very just like masculine heavy film that would, and it's already so dark. Like I think it would have just been really heavy and just like sat there. And I think she really serves a good purpose of like, presenting bruce when when he's batman right Mm -hmm. and so because we never obviously see catwoman with bruce in the film or anything like that but we're able to still have those tender moments of batman as batman yeah and i I agree um like i feel like we did need I, i feel like that what you mentioned with um this being too masculine i feel like that was a problem even with her here um like i felt like this was just all of it was like it was like all it all it felt like the entire like all the villains it they're motivated by ego in a way they want power they want control um and it almost like when you break it down it's like very uh yeah it's, it's, it's like toxic very dumb. masculinity yeah and that's what it is classic um, it all boils down to toxic masculinity usually and look at us four guys on a podcast talking about it no just kidding so i think ah, i just it's crazy to me that what your one of your guys takeaway was could have done without her because like then you don't even get the line of like he's like don't throw your life and i love that his voice wasn't as gruffly i liked his voice despite what some people think but he's like don't throw your life away and she goes I have nine of them, and she jumps off the building. That was what cool. Are you talking? That, that was, was cool. so epic. That she was cool, called, but like, yeah, we she could go on every comic book. Like, and that's the thing. I will keep saying this: all these characters, Penguin, kept, they felt comic book accurate yeah. for once. Like, I was so happy yes. to see that. Well, um is creating his list. He's gonna. You guys better watch out. He's gonna create riddles. He's gonna be like, the truth <laughs> has to come out. No more lies. No well, more lies. You mentioned the penguin, and uh, here I am going to get in trouble again. Did we need the penguin in this movie? Yes. I will succeed on that one. Ready for that? I'll flip. I'll say, you know what? (laughs) Sure, he wasn't as needed. He was fun. I really liked him, but I think Catwoman was more essential than he was. That's my stance on it. I wouldn't have taken him out personally, but... They needed to set up that HBO Max TV show, baby. Yeah, l- let me let me say one thing. I'll throw it. You guys can have the rest of this. Um, and I, I feel like, um, oh man, I don't know how many people are gonna hate me, but 
Uh, I'm just going to go into it. I've a, a big problem that I have, like total, another issue is it feels very grounded. And I actually don't know about the Penguin and, and the comic books, Tommy, so maybe you can speak on that here in a second. But uh, it's interesting that there's this guy who's called the Penguin, and that's it. He has no Penguin attributes. Like, he's just, we just he's he's Penguin, right? I mean, okay, like, I mean, I, and I don't yeah, know. The like, hobble, like the he wo- literally wobbled in the movie. That was, he yeah, looks that like was a penguin. penguin. He looks yeah. like a penguin over here. Get out of here. Okay, but, but and, and that, that brings me on to, like, other scenes when we get, like, Batman and Catwoman, like, dressed up in an apartment. And it's, like, it, it is. It's supposed to be taken as a very ground, but it's also very silly. It's, like, here are these two people dressed up as animals talking about a very important detective case. It's, like, sometimes it just, it, it, like, thematically, it didn't totally work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy, I know you had something to say. I'm sorry. I'm talking silly. too much. I Like, I hear you about um, the Penguin maybe not being necessary. I do think it is set up. I also think part of it is... Um, Part of it is like the penguin was a, a red herring for, you know, you have this rat with wings. You need penguin there so that that's where your mind, you're just like Batman where you're like, oh, it must be penguin. And then it's not it Falcon. You aren't even thinking about Falcon because it's, it's not the first bird you would think about. Um, so I think that's also a big part. I also think like the penguin, I love the whole Falcon and penguin relationship at the end. I love like almost like penguins becoming in charge. He's, he, he also is new to this. Just like Batman, it's like he's he's rising up. And also, we got live action Iceberg Lounge. Like, how cool is that? Like that. Uh, it was awesome. It was so cool. Okay, Tommy, but why was it called Iceberg Lounge? Where's He's iceberg? a penguin. penguin. It's like his mafia nickname. It's like he's a, a penguin. And penguins hang out on icebergs over here. Are you, jo- oh my god! I'm coming through the computer and beating you up. What I mean, why don't earth? you call it the tree and the bird? You know, it's like go back in time and talk to the comic book writers, and you know, maybe they can change it for you. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I think the penguin, up. though, overall, I think like this whole this whole film is world building, and it is like establishing Gotham as like an actual livable crime oriented city. You know, so like when we're looking through um, Nolan's verse and everything, we keep hearing, oh, Gotham is has problems and everything, but you don't really see it mm, until there's show. like a little bit in the Dark Knight Rises at the end. But as Briz was saying, it's a very showy film and establishing these um, organizations that are not just like popping up for a film, but like they are here and they're here to stay. I think Penguin is that figure who, one, he's sort of the red herring through the film. He is then um, pre- presented as the second charge to Falcone, who dies, who takes over. Penguin. Penguin is now going to be that figurehead moving forward. Like, I think it's all about building this establishment that feels realistic and not just like, oh, there's a new hero who just showed up and has all these followers. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the big thing about like this in general is it is set up like they're they're planning for this to stay for a while. And so they they want to put things out there, but they're like, we don't have to touch on it yet. We'll have time to touch on it. I even love that, like uh, the bat signal isn't on like top of like it's it's in a construction area. It's like it's like he's it's so gritty and it's so like it's it's raw. It's Gotham's me, raw at this point. To me, the bat signal was a, a whole ass character in this movie. It was like. People, it was menacing. It made eye contact. I think it had lines. It probably got paid. Had a credit that's, at the end. That supporting actor. Yeah, and, uh, it's and, gonna get nominated. No, but for real, it was probably my favorite bat signal. I know that's like kind of like subjective, but it was because of the part it played in the story, not necessarily like the aesthetic of it. Gotcha. So, um, do we want to move on to the Riddler? Because listen, please. Um, 
for all my complaints. Yes, thank what you. What a cool villain, man. Yes. I mean, just and Paul Dano's the man. Um, and uh, it, like if I had any complaints, like we didn't get enough because I love this character so much. I love Paul Dano so much. I know how, how much he has mm. to offer. He's an incredible actor. So I was so happy to see him in this uh, this role. So Briz, I know you're excited to talk about the Riddler. What, what's your overall take here? I so it was rumored after the Dark Knight that Johnny Depp was going to play the Riddler in the third Nolan trilogy. And so I've been thinking about the Riddler villain for a long time. And my one thing before ever seeing the Riddler was his riddles need to be complex, not something I've heard before. But as soon as I hear the answer, it makes sense. And man, they knocked it out of the park. It was his riddles were good. They led to the next thing. They were a little confusing. You could figure them out, but it wasn't like the answer wasn't right there. And like I said, it's not like a cheesy riddle we've all heard before. And like you said, Paul Dano just, I, I think he absolutely killed the role. He brought something that was so fresh and like, I don't even know how to phrase it. It was just, it was a really, really good take. I loved his bits on the cell phone. I love his scene at the end. Every time he was on screen, I was, I was very into what he was doing. Uh, Dave, do you have any uh, takes on uh, the Riddler here? I, f I fully agree. Um, I, I'm sure that the the scene where he's being in, um, interrogated at the end in Arkham is probably the scene that people are going to be like, that was his shining moment. But for me, like the the FaceTime moment um, in the at the funeral was yeah. his shining moment because when you're thinking about from like a technical aspect that he's delivering that through FaceTime performance on like a tiny screen on your screen, like he was captivating start to finish and you're barely actually seeing him. I was just absolutely mesmerized. I thought he was brilliant. Um, agree with everything about the riddles and all that. I, I absolutely just loved him. Yeah, really, it was real cool. Uh, this version, I love, you know, I think this is from Earth One. It's like a very more serial killer type uh, vibe. Um, and he's, he's just so good. All the riddles, like you said, are very complex and like, um, there's tons of symbolisms in them. Like, like you know, like the mayor, you cover up his face because he's the face of the lie. It's like you cover up. Ooh. There's things like that. The the carpet, right? You know, the truth lies under the, the put it under the rug. What's the saying? Like, uh, sweep it under, sweep the it rug. under the rug. Oh my god! Like, Did not even get that. Wow. Time. There's well, so much there. So that being said, what was your guys' favorite? Either riddle, wordplay, double entendre. What was like the one where you were like, "Oh, son of a, you got it." I like, uh, I like what happens when a liar, liar dies. That was he yeah. lies still. He, he lies still. I was that like, was my Damn. favorite one. Yeah, that yeah. one was probably my favorite one on the first viewing, but I have to admit, I didn't fully understand the U R L Rada Alada. And so th when I saw it the second time where just the URL, I go, that was pretty, uh, they got me. That was clever. I didn't understand it. I loved it though. Yeah. I, I like, I kind of like the, it's small and it's like, there, there's, I love that one too. The, the, but I, the see you in hell. Like, it's like, he knew oh. how it was going to end. Like, he's like, see, I told you we're going to be here. And this like, it's like, he knew the whole time. It's so good. Uh, the other thing with the cards I wanted to mention, did you guys mm. pick up on the cards? Only because you told me. Yeah. Tommy. So if you go back, each one of the cards has like a fun thing on it, right? They're all Batman villains. The first one's an owl. So Court of Owls. You got Mad Hatter. You got uh, Scarface for Ventocus. You have a Poison Ivy reference. You have a scientist for Hugo Strange. Yeah. I love that. And in my canon, it's like 
Batman's in the in the two years he's been here, maybe he's already fought these villains. And so like this is you know Riddler's homage, maybe I don't know. It, it just was a cool reference uh, that I that mm-hmm. it caught. I love that he f- thought they were partners. Yeah, the accomplice I mean, part of it. Yeah, you're part was, of this too. That yeah. was so great. And just to, wow, now I'm gonna really he and when he said you're part of this too to Bruce, he thought Bruce the whole movie is thinking that the Joe, the Riddler is gonna unmask him. The clues are like ambiguous and then it starts getting closer to the Waynes and like you see the nervousness in that like he's like this this thing's coming to an end probably. He thinks the Riddler is like exposing him and I love that look at the paranoia because they never flat out say he never is like I'm worried that he knows who I am but they get they hint at it so many times and I know it's a little open ended if he does know or doesn't know but I really liked the look of Batman the face of paranoia the whole time as he thought he was going to get exposed. And when he found out at the end, he's like, Oh, this wasn't about exposing me. He's like, Oh, he liked me. He was inspired by me. What? Well, I want to ask you guys, do you think Riddler knew? I personally do not. I initially thought he did. And then on the rewatch, um, I firmly believe he did not know. Yeah. I, I think he did. I think he did. It, again, I'm influenced by comics. Really does figure it out in the comics, but it doesn't matter. And that's kind of what I got here. He does know. He does not care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who the, the, the Batman is to him. Because, like, the, the big thing in the comics is Riddler always says, it's like, the best thing about Riddle is, that, like, you don't, if everyone knows the Riddle, the Riddle's not fun. So his thing is, like, he keeps it a secret because it's more fun for him that people don't know that who the Batman is. What, what I will say, um, and this is probably the high point of the entire movie for me. Um, It's the fact that the Riddler wins and Batman loses. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think the one point that didn't go his way was they didn't assassinate the new mayor. Um, But in the grand scheme of things, like he did everything he wanted to do. He ended up exactly where he wanted to be. Um, And uh, he he freaking flooded Gotham City. You did a great job. He did so well. Yeah. Yeah. And the the parallels. So I wanted to get into the parallels of Riddler and and Batman. And like, even just like, they they hit similar shots multiple times like you see we talked about the pov shot of riddler you get the same yeah the same binocular shot with with batman both being orphans i really feel this is yeah the boots i i really feel this is the closest we're ever going to get to a hush because i you know we get elliot we haven't talked about is like uh edward elliot is mentioned as a reporter that's could be you know a elliot reference to uh to hush thomas elliot but uh I feel like this is the closest, you know, even they literally show the words hush when Bruce, when, when uh, the riddle shows up and I, I like it. I like that. This is like, he's, he sees himself as like a, a parallel to Bruce Wayne almost. And like, but they had such different upbringings. Did you have something to say there? Thought- yeah. So from the Riddler, and I think this goes back to uh, Michael, what you were sort of mentioning about your initial, um, thoughts on the whole film is like that is what is so fresh about this film is batman fails again and again and he still technically fails at the end like gotham gets wiped out like that is so original for a film that he doesn't end and he doesn't save the day right even in the third act when you're in the the more superhero um aspect of the film he still fails and it still floods and like it's still a disaster all the way through Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is so fresh. And from um, Brazard, I think you mentioned this, that this whole film is about pairs and partners. Like, yes, Batman and um, the Riddler, but you have Batman and Catwoman. You have Batman and Alfred, Batman and um, mm-hmm. Gordon. There's all these different duos throughout the film, Penguin and Falcone, 
right? Like no one is a solo figure throughout this film. And I think that is what's so fascinating because Batman is very sort of presented as billionaire and he does everything, but this is him showing he needs all this help to help to try to get anything done. And he still fails. Mm. Love that. Um, so I want to, here, here's a move on to something a little different here. Um, okay. Well, actually don't want to talk about the, the cameo in Arkham. Sure. I think there's other characters. I, we, we didn't touch on Jim Gordon yet. I feel like his relationship with Jim in this movie was one of the best. Um, this might be my favorite Jim Gordon. I love Gary Oldman, but this was such a good take. And like to see such adversity, like we get the pressure of Gordon in the other movies, but this was really like all these cops were like, are you for real? What are you doing bringing him here? And I just love the scenes of him walking down the hall and all the cops just staring in disgust at him. And like, that's what I'm saying is this was such a visual movie. Everything about what we know as Batman, Matt Reeves was like, how do I show this to the audience? And I think a lot of that show of just like, the public perception of Batman was through his relationship with Jim and extension, the, the Gotham PD. Yeah, no, I love that. And actually I wanted to talk about him because again, uh, there's, you mentioned uh, a TV show, a sequel TV show coming, but there's, there's three of them that uh, oh. they've talked about. Um, there's the penguin one, which I believe the penguin's going to come first. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's going to be, it's like a basically uh, it's a Jim Gordon show. It's like a cop show set in Gotham oh. following him. So I'm really excited about that. And apparently there's a Catwoman one coming too. I think that one's further down the line. But Oh, I heard there uh, was oh, an Arkham one. An yeah, Arkham I've heard that one movie. too. Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like there's Arkham, a lot of I've only, heard, I've only heard the Arkham and the Penguin one. So, I, hey, I, I think you could do TV shows about all those different things though. There was so much here. And I think that was purposeful. There's a lot of setup for a whole grand sort of world here. And... um. I would love a Jim Gordon TV show because I think he was a highlight of the movie for me. Yeah, so um, I feel like this is like a good, and I, like I don't know, like uh, am I gonna piss off DC fans? We'll find out, I guess. Um, is this like a good reset for the like? Could, could is it? Can we say goodbye to the Justice League and can this be the the the, the Iron Man that is to like this perfect? universe they're building because it feels like we are unfortunately yes and no there's yeah. still the flash and uh, aquaman and wonder woman that still exist um and they're gonna have movies so cyborg and batman are out uh, excuse me batfleck is out so i get what you're saying but i think it's more so just a batman universe it's not a dc universe and i'm personally okay with that you know, I'll say this. I'm shocked. Like, I was convinced that the big twist in this movie would be that this movie is connected to Joker. Like, mm. why is it? Why is it not? Like, th this is what that the thing with DC. It's like, you're confusing the hell out. There's like three different universes going on here. Um, but uh, that, that that did kind of shock me. And I think I think that is a good transition into the Arkham. Um, because I've heard a lot of different things about this. This We get a, this character. He laughs. Um, very Joker reminiscent in the Arkham Asylum. Um, but he also, he's got like a scarred face. Um, I thought maybe it was Two-Face. So like, I for a second Two-Face till yeah. he said the word clown. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So I guess it's kind of undeniable there. Um, uh, but do, do you, are you guys, do you know who that is? Do you I had to look him? it up. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. Very you knew? Owen. Yeah, it's our buddy. <laughs> yeah. Bro, what a come up for this guy. 
Yeah. Hadn't heard of him. Now he's in DC and Marvel playing two iconic roles. He's playing the Joker. That So ready for this? Like the Joker is one of those roles where you're just like, wow, what did they have to do to get that role? And so I am wildly excited to see what he's going to bring. Yeah, I did get a little spoiled on. This is one of the things I got spoiled on because early on they were like set things at him and they actually filmed the scene of him being, they were like, no, he's an officer. And it's like, no, he's he's a joker. But uh, Reeves has like done an interview. I, I read it uh, this morning and like he's talked a little bit more about this. There was actually supposed to be another scene that they cut um, where it was in the middle and it was going to be almost like treated as to understand the Riddler, he had to go back and talk almost like a Hannibal uh, scene from Science of the Lambs where it's like he has to go talk to Joker. And so Joker helps him get in the mindset of the Riddler. Oh. I don't know if I needed it. I, I, To be honest, this is – I don't think I needed the Joker in this movie. I don't think I needed this. I don't I don't think I needed that cell scene at the end. I think it would have been completely fine without all – I'm kind of sick of the Joker, guys. I'm kind of mm. – we've done it so I, many times. There's so many better – not better. There's so many other Batman villains we haven't even touched on. Yeah. Give me Mr. Freeze, you cowards. <laughs> Please, I don't think the Joker on. is going to be a movie two villain. Like, I think he will maybe pop up. I don't think he's the star. I think it's too, um, not problematic, but it could be a problem, I guess, with, you know, the Dark Knight is then the Joker. Like, it's another trilogy where the second film is the Joker. Like, I, I don't, I think he's there to serve a purpose of building the world. There are bad villains that Batman has already defeated. They are in Arkham. They exist. I think he's just going to be an annoyance. I don't think he's going to be the star of part two. I actually took it as these two, Paul Dano and Barry, were going to be in the Arkham series. Oh, okay. That could be fun. There's that, a... was, that was how I took that end scene when they were laughing, which I'll be honest, I loved. I loved watching those two go buddy-buddy all of a sudden. And it was all because the Joker gave him a riddle. Like, that was I, – I really loved that. It was it, such a cool touch. I know it, it was not needed. It was not needed by any means. This movie would have been 10 out of 10 still, in my opinion, without it. But I did like seeing him and the Riddler kind of bond in a sociopathic kind of way. Yeah, and he said the Riddler line, riddle me this. It was so good. Riddle me this. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you, for me, I definitely got a vibe of a comic. I think the name is the Joke War. Or basically, Joker and, and Riddler become buddy. And they're like, because they're both like, imagine those two teaming up. It's dangerous. But they're also very toxic personalities. And they clash. And they start this war where it's like, you have to choose a side. You're either on Joker's side or you're either on the Riddler side. This is the last joke almost, kind of. And it's, uh, it, I don't know if we're going to go there, but it'd be real interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to say it was um, funny because I actually heard about this a couple months back, um, but Barry Keoghan's brother like posted on Facebook that I guess he was like drunk and he posted on Facebook that his brother was going to be the Joker, <laughs> and uh, I guess they played it off like that wasn't the thing, like but, it was uh, a yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, I I thought I thought that was interesting. Also, I don't know if I would love. Um, if we do get like the buddy cop um, Arkham series with Riddler and Joker, I don't like, I almost, almost always, I don't trust them making a series about a villain as the, as the protagonist. Interesting. Cause you loved Peacemaker, but go on. Well, Peacemaker's a hero. I think that was the point In of the series. What terms? Okay. We could, this is not a Peacemaker podcast. So <laughs> he's on the suicide squad. Go on. I, but it was showing why and how he got there and the reason that he is the way he is and how he can do better. Um, but with that being said, um, I think the example is the book of Boba Fett. I, I think that's where you 
where you transform characters to make them more sympathetic. Don't make the Joker. Don't make the Joker TV show unless you're gonna like have him like being like absolutely like uh, unredeemable. Don't do it, please. I think you just leave him in, in Arkham the whole time. And people go to him. He's there. Like it's like it's like a Hannibal. I think you treat him like a like a Hannibal Lecter, and that's interesting. The idea of like he's had his time, and maybe by the end he pops out, and like it's this whole thing. But uh, I, I think it's more interesting, like like Day said. I think creating the world, like we've said it before with Marvel, like why aren't more of the Avenger, Avengers like hanging out? Obviously, it's because money and they don't want to pay for appearance <laughs> fees. But it's like it's cool that you just yeah. Sometimes like there's random villains just around that they're not the focus, but they're still here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, what I want to do, I want to hear everyone's favorite scene because I just feel like to me, what was really great about this movie is like unlike Batman vs Superman is every scene felt so full. There was like a beginning, middle and end. Nothing really jumped. Do you guys have a favorite scene you can think of from the movie? Um, mine, I've got two. Um, I don't want to clog the space here, uh, but one, because one's like kind of obvious. I love the funeral scene when the car comes in, dude. And he's like, he's on FaceTime doing the riddles. Yeah. I loved all that. Um, but I also liked when they got uh, Batman in the police station and then uh, Gordon kicks everyone out and he's like whispering to the Batman and he's like, you're going to, you're going to punch me and take this key and run down. I just thought that was so cool. And then he did it. And then he yeah. like uh, grappled up the stairwell. That was so cool. I loved all that. So I think mine is um, at the very end when he cuts the rope and he falls into the water because um, I just think it's the most beautiful image of the whole film. The water, it, it gives me smoke vibes of the Dark Knight intro. Um, and I think that whole that whole section is such like an artistic masterpiece of film. Like it, it just feels like a Caravaggio um, painting that is like coming to life as film. Um, and that whole thing is so symbolic where we talk about him being the shadows and then the film ends with him literally and metaphorically being the light and the torch mm -hmm. to guide the people out. Oh. Like it's it's just it's I didn't even to the like um, it's the piece of resistance like it's, well, it's wonderful and I love it to so go amazing. up that day yeah I mean it's also the the baptism of Gotham the baptism of Batman it's a cleansing oh. right the flood all of that Stop. that whole scene is all just a cleansing it's so good like the symbol that's the thing about this film is the more you think about it, there's so many layers to it um but to go off my scene I loved. It's one of my favorite paintings at the Edward Hopper diner. You got the Riddler reveal. Yeah. You see him in there, but you can't really make out who it is. He's doing the mug and he's like, I just wanted a pecan pie. And he's like, oh, oh it's so good. Wow. You guys all picked really good scenes. And surprisingly, it's neither of the two I'm about to list, which is just amazing. Okay. So my favorite action scene 100% the car chase between Batman and the Penguin. My favorite acting scene was the jail cell reveal the Riddler and Batman and him at the end being like, no, this isn't how it was supposed to go. And then the best part is he's like, you didn't put it all together. He goes, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. And I was just like, Oh no, what is Batman missing? And because to me that almost felt like it was going to be the end of the movie. And then no, there's the whole flood. There's the whole climax. And so to me, that was like really exciting. And it, Batman was a twist, like confused by the twist. I, as a viewer, was confused by the twist. It fit, not that it was a huge twist by any means, but like, I just loved that there was more. It was great. It they was nailed so the bait and switch there because I, yeah. same thing. Like, you, it, it is a long film and you're getting there, like, okay, cool. They've caught him. You know, we've earned this. Like, we've really yeah. taken the time to like 
get um, the Riddler caught and you're like, cool, we're almost done. Wait, wait, there's more? What's happening? And there's no clues at this point to be like, oh, it's that. We should be pay attention. Sweep it under the rug. He misses it. Yes, as Tommy says, sweep it under the rug. And then you're like, oh my God, what is happening? It's almost like very uh, Loki-esque when he gets captured and because you need to be where he wanted to be. And it's like, where there was, like he said, he's like, this is where we we hide out. Yeah, and he's like, this is, it's almost like he was like helping his accomplice. He's like, yeah, we're supposed to be here so we can be safe while this flood is happening. It's so good. And Which is all- very Dark Knight as well, because that's yeah. what the Joker just, does. He just assumed Batman knew the flood was coming. He was like, we're going to hide out here when it happens. And he's like, what did you do? What did you do? Oh, I loved it. I loved that. And scene. it's so much better here. Again, let me get on my, my soapbox real quick. This is why I don't like trailers, because I thought that was so stupid in the trailer where he's like hitting the glass and it just, you lose the context. But in the actual scene, it's so like it's much so better. intense and it's so much better uh, in in that mm-hmm. context. It is for any of the viewers listening. Tommy doesn't watch movie trailers. Go on, let's continue the podcast. <laughs> oh, they're well aware. To, <laughs> we need to throw we don't need to get on this one. Yet. We can do a <laughs> whole podcast. Don't watch movie trailers. <laughs> this is a day. Wake up, you people! Podcast. No more lies. <laughs> Wake no up, people! Uh, I got the a question here. Is the lie? Sorry, go on. I, I have a question. I think I know the answer, but you might surprise me. Does anybody here think this is better than The Dark Knight? This is what I've been grappling with. It's really hard for me because that is my favorite movie of all time. This was really good. This is like Batman porn. This was like so much Batman injected adrenaline shot into my thigh of Batman. I think it is the recency bias, but I do think I like this more. Yeah, I agree. Oh, bro, come on. I I think I'm more with Michael here. I I sort of go back and forth because they are ultimately very different films, right? I think that's the problem. They are so different. Well, I think, yeah. So you go that day. No, go ahead. For me, it's like, I think Dark Knight is an amazing film. If you're asking me what's the better Batman film, mm. it's this. This that is the better be the... adaptation of Batman. Yes. The Dark Knight is probably, uh, is yes, there you go, Tommy. The Dark Knight is a better film. This was a better Batman film, though. I will say, I, I do think Robert Pattinson, if, if he's not now, I think he will be my favorite Batman. He was so good, and he really... Like I said, to me, a lot of it was nonverbal. He was intimidating in f- stare, walk, stature, all of it. Yeah. And he didn't need to do the deep voice. He just did his voice and it worked. And he's still brooding and and I love the roughness of everything. His suit. I love the symbol being the guns, you know, the thing that yeah. he like this thing that he is fighting against almost. That that's there. You got the train station as his like bat cave. You got uh the even the Batmobile is not your typical bat. It's very rough. It's like a Mustang, just, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it all like it's characterizes cool. this Batman so well, and Robert Patterson uh, feeds right into it. He 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 brings that forward. I think he did really well. Yeah, I, I think it's hard for me to rank Batman. all these things because they're so like they said they're very different in style and like to me this was a detective film where the other one was more like action thriller and i love both types of films i'm gonna still watch both continually i will never be like i'm done with the dark knight now i I think as well sorry Sorry, i was just gonna say that like um the batman is it's it's the first film Right. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to compare it to number two, where they're a bit more comfortable. They know what they're doing. They know the characters better. 
um, and to compare, you know, Christian Bale to Robert, like you're comparing three whole films versus his first one. We don't have a whole side of him. We don't have Bruce Bruce Wayne billionaire yet, right? Of mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. We still only have the Batman and look how good he was. Like, I think mm-hmm. him as the actual Batman is fantastic. I think the bat suit makes a, makes a big difference because his whole face is shown um, down, right? Like all the rest of them, it's really just here. Um, his suit was sick. He kind of looks like Daredevil. Yeah, they, oh, yes. There were so many times I was watching him beat criminals and I was like, good thing I'm going on Stark Wars. This is like Daredevil. This is my probably third, fourth, fifth, time telling the viewers watch daredevil if you haven't it's about to be on disney plus all right the other yeah the other small thing about the suit i loved is uh the eyebrows it's a reference so this reese is a big adam west batman fan and there's like that's in there and the other thing that i don't know if you've noticed um there is uh the bus so in in the tv show there's the shakespeare bus and that's how they get into the bat cave with like the little button on it in this movie, you can see it in the background. In the, uh, in the which we didn't even talk about the mansion. The mansion is incredible. I that like when you're like seeing all the architect there, it's amazing. It looks like an old old money house. Yeah, um, I want to ask this, and I think I think we can kind of close on this as well. Um, but but um, and this is like the big thing that like when I try to think of the two films um, or any film in general, I, I always like think like what is like what is the thing that's gonna sit with people forever right like and i feel like the dark knight has that and that like there are like these moments there's lines there's uh characters that that are just so iconic that they will always be ingrained in like the history of film so i'm curious is there like something like that for you guys in this film to me this was much more visual i don't know it would be a line i'm sure if i thought hard enough i the riddles are pretty good he lies still and whatnot but like for me it's the visuals of this all. Like I wanted to make so many things, my computer desktop background. I was just like, this is gorgeous. Yeah. I and would I say think- cinematically, just visually all the way across the board. I think the car scene is just so beautiful. That chase. Um, I think it's my favorite probably car chase in any of the Batman films. Um, and just, just sort of like the journey you go on, you really breathe this film. Like it, mm-hmm. it sits and it, it doesn't, it lets you sort of really go into it and not, you know, every little scene, um, they they flesh it all the way out. They they take time to let Robert Pattinson thrive where he thrives best, which is the non-vocal acting. Like he he's, he's an artiste, like that's his sort of style. Um, and I think that is what is going to sort of stick out. Yeah, to me, it's the detective stuff, right? Like yes. it's like, I felt when I was... Uh, that, that opening when he's at the mirror's office and he's looking around, I felt like that was like the Arkham Asylum game where you put on mm-hmm. the detective mode and you're like looking at the whole crime scene. Like that was cool. It felt, ah. Uh, and I think that's the stuff to me that makes it so much different than any other like Batman in that sense is like, we got a little bit, but not as, you know, and I think that's, what's going to stick out to me. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I know you said you wanted to start wrapping it up, but I have another controversial right. question. Bring it on. All right, three months apart. Which did you guys like better, Spider-Man: No Way Home or the Batman? You know what? Actually, maybe this is the hot take. I think I like this one, Spider-Man: No Way Home. I did too. Not saying Spider-Man was a bad movie, but they're just very different movies. And uh, the detective noir element of this set this apart. Not saying Spider-Man wasn't hype, but uh, Tommy, which one was did you like more? 
That's hard. They're both like pulling on this part of me, which is the whole like I'm a sucker for nostalgia type thing. So that mm. one, like this is more nostalgic Batman. But I think for me, I had to go a little bit more with that because it's like it has all the it has all the Spider-Mans that, that you are walking into that movie with. Right. Like yeah. you're walking in with the the impact of Toby's Spider-Man's Andrew's Spider-Man's that like the legacy there's more of it. weight. Yeah, there's more weight on, on that film as opposed to this one. It's like totally it's setting it. the legacy. It's the start. That's why I, as opposed I to felt the they could be comparable, you know, yeah. even though they're both big movies. Day, what Oh, uh, what about you? I have not seen No Way Home. I was going to say, so I don't sorry. think you've seen Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm not totally, to put you on I'm, blast. I'm totally spoiled, but yes, I will see it soon. <laughs> uh, I will Actually, I, I might redact what I said. Um, I think what, it's interesting, though, that these are like two movies that are so beloved that I, I actually have a lot of gripes with both of them. Like, I... <laughs> like I <laughs> I know I'm just like the villain. Welcome to the podcast. Michael's got his drinks. <laughs> so uh, Michael, I mean, like what 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 would you like have wanted from this? Like whoa. like where like what what was missing, I guess, to really make it that you know, push it over the edge. I, I just think it needed to be a lot more concise. Like I think that's that's my big issue. And again, I think it comes down to um Carmine Falcone. Like he became a big pinnacle of this movie where and then whereas like I couldn't even decide like why I hated him because there were so many things going on with that character. Like it felt a little messy and that like we had Catwoman who that was his daughter. And then we had Batman and they, he had like problems with his father. And like, it just like, I feel like if you cut this movie in half, mm. you, you cut out some of these side characters and we focus on the core of Batman. Not so much any, like, like the penguin. I don't think we needed as much penguin. I didn't think we needed as, just give me, I think it need to be more Batman. I just needed Batman. I needed his story. I wanted to focus on him alone. And if it ties in with the villains, that's cool too. Um, I think the second half was hot was take. Career wanted more Batman in the Batman movie. In the Batman. Sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I mean, that, there was that's, so much Batman. That's why it was it's so funny. much like, Batman. I mean, it's three hours, but um, I, I think that's where it's just it's just so it's like a it's like a bare rug. It's just spread out, and like I feel like I, I like my rugs with actual your, angles. Here's my counter to your Falcone thing. I don't want to just go tip for tat the whole time, but he had all those connections, and it led to the moment where they were like, "Falcone's working for you guys," and he goes, "No, Falcone's. We work for Falcone. Like Falcone's the mayor of the city." It was all leading to that moment, like, oh my God, he's the one in control, actually. Which it, I get what you're saying. It wasn't like this big, like, dumb mo moment where, like, it was, it, it, you could have glossed over it almost if you were paying half attention. But to me, that was what all his connections and you, you go from almost not knowing him to realizing he's the most powerful man in the city. And he does it all from the shadows. And I think, too, for me, it's like, I think what Dave's been saying about like they're setting up Gotham as a whole. And that's because a lot of Batman is Gotham mm -hmm. is Batman. Yes. And so like, that's like you're, you're getting Batman through the Gotham side of things. And that's like making, showing you, showing you the light of Batman, you know, like that's the, the heart of Batman is his feelings about Gotham and how Gotham is and all that, all, all of the above. Okay, so I, I posed the question, what I thought, what you guys thought the most iconic parts of this movie, because I actually, I wanted to like use it as a dig a little bit, um, because, and I think that's not I, the bait you, and switch. Well, listen, you, you guys had great answers, so I didn't want to bring it up then, but I'm going to say it now. Um, I, I just, I don't think, I mean, we think back to the future, Jurassic Park, um, you, you get awesome vehicles and scores and like, like there's these things that just stick with us forever. I think this is going to be a forgettable film. I don't think that there's and all, listen, all three of your answers were very broad. Like, I don't think there's one thing that is going to stick with us 
forever. And I cannot believe you're on record saying this stuff and you are going to look like a whole fool down the road, Michael like O'Rear. Maybe I will. And that, that's why I have a podcast so I can talk about my opinions on these things. But <laughs> I, I just, it's just, I don't know. It, like, I don't think it just has the lasting power to be like one of the greatest superhero movies ever. I, and that's the thing that Spider-Man No Way Home has. I think I think the shot of the three Spider-Men on top of the head of the Statue of Liberty, that thing alone will forever be cemented in superhero history. And I just don't think we have that in this movie. I think this was more than a superhero movie. But I mean, it's a superhero. Like I, I get I get what you're saying, but it like you don't we're think that over, categorize it as such. You don't think that overview shot of like Batman with the torch and all the civilians like following him isn't gonna be like an icon like a you're talking about like the three Spider-Mans. To me, that's like that's the moment. That's like a big like Weren't even him in mud at the end after he's just let go of that woman. Same concept. It's the same thing of him coming into the light, bringing the hope. He's no longer being a symbol for vengeance and fear. He's going to be more. He is no longer beating criminals for his own enjoyment. He needs to do it to protect the people of his city. And I and don't want to end this on a sour note because the truth <laughs> is I, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a really fun well, movie. Let me end it on this. Uh, Bloodhaven. Uh, Catwoman's going to Bloodhaven, which is mm -hmm. the place, you know, we, uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Yep. I would love for them to bring in Nightwing into this stuff eventually. Like, that would be cool. So I just wanted to mention that uh, as well, that, again, uh, cool bringing Easter. the world and also just, like, expanding on the world and just giving it more layers. Yeah, yeah. Matt Reeves has talked about big things he has. He's talked about Mr. Freeze. He's talked about Court of Owls, which, I mean, those two things alone – have me so hyped for where the future of this is going. Yeah. No man. Uh, I'm telling you, no man. Land. We'll read it. Do we have a, uh, does anybody have like somebody they would love to see play Mr. Freeze? Oh, oh yeah. 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 This is good. Would it be cheesy to bring Arnold back? Probably. I, that was uh, like my first time. <laughs> <laughs> like, no I've seen a lot of, I know this is like not the question I was asking, but I've seen a lot of lot, like people want uh, Dave Patista to play uh, Bane. I think that would be really cool. Oh, like, I don't know if there's like one. a perfect, a Bane breaking of the back was like one of my dreams of like an intelligent Bane. <laughs> then finally do an actual Bane who's like, you know, you, he gets all the villains together. They all attack Batman. And then it just ends with Bane, Bane looking out at the city with a, you know, with Batman in the background. Oh, it'd be such a good film. It's my dream. Gotcha. Well, okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, thank you guys for doing this. Y'all got your some recommendations. This was fun. Day, yes, you can start. What's your recommendation? Okay, I'm going to take a hard <laughs> swerve here. We're going to go reality TV, and I'm going yeah, to recommend it. the new season of Top Chef. Oh! Extremely underrated show. Fantastic. Um, if you like cooking, and just, it's great competition. Padma Lakshmi is one of the best hosts on television. Highly recommend. Day, can you give me, like, what is the format of the Top Chef game? Like, what? how does it, what, what it can you compare it to something else? Uh, in a way, it's similar to, like, Survivor. Um, there's a quick-fire challenge, which is basically reward, where they win money or an advantage in the elimination challenge. And then there's an elimination challenge where whoever has the worst dish, they, um, are eliminated. Okay. I like yeah. it. I should check it out. Uh, that, that's a blind spot for me. Um, I will talk about my recommendation here. Um, and I talked about how much I love Paul Dano. I'm going to talk about my favorite performance of his and there will be blood. Um, this movie, um, one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, it, it is about, it has Daniel Day Lewis playing a oil rigger and he's mm. like going places and um, he interacts with Paul Dano. Paul Dano is kind of the villain of the story. He is also a pastor 
so um listen if you like if you like subtle digs towards christianity i mean that's there um but uh he uh, such a fun role he is completely unhinged like it like i wish we had more Paul Dano in this movie for that reason, because I know his range. I know how crazy he can get. And he's a crazy dude. So it was a great choice of the Riddler. Um, yeah. There will be blood. If you have not seen it, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. So mm. it, like it just in general. Um, but if you want to see more Paul Dano, that is the way to go. So um, I will throw it to Brizard. What do you got? So my recommendation is pretty basic, but over on my podcast, two dudes watch cartoons. Evan and I have been. Right, well, hold on. Briz, Briz, you have a chance to plug this later. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, my recommendation is Batman the Animated Series. Thank you. Okay, it holds up many years down the road and is a surprisingly very enjoyable watch. And if you need more Batman, it, it's a good fix. I always get nervous when people, I feel like they're going to plug their <laughs> podcast in this. I'm like, uh, you don't have to, like, yeah, we're going to give you that chance. Yeah, no, no I was. Especially because you got some cool stuff coming. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy, what, what was your recommendation? Yeah, I mean, it's basically just the comics I mentioned at the mm -hmm. beginning. I think go check out um, No Man's Land. Like I said, I think that's going to come up. I think I think we see that it's like it starts basically with a with a disaster and Gotham trying to pick up the pieces after like a natural disaster. We kind of got that with this flood, so uh, I think that's a good good read. Obviously, Long Halloween uh, Year One. I think those would be some fun reads. If you didn't read them before this movie, you should read them now and get that context. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Well. Uh, gentlemen, th thank you all for being here. This is so much fun. Uh, I'm going to throw it to, to uh, Brizard first here, though. Um, I got to congratulate you on the Five Timers Club. You're the first one to do thank it. You. You've been here. You've been a great partner to Star Wars, so we really appreciate it. And thank you for being here today. Um, I want to give you the chance to plug uh, what you got going on. I know you got some cool stuff planned, so please yeah. tell everyone about it. Thank you. Uh, I love Star Wars. Big fan. Listen to it all. So happy to be here so many times and contribute whenever I can. Um, what we've been doing over at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons is we have been doing a deep dive investigation into all things Batman for about a month now. We've been gathering interviews, watching all sorts of Batman uh, material. And we are releasing in March. In March, I'm essentially only podcasting about Batman. We have uh, part one coming up, which is going to cover the animated series and the Dark Knight. And then our part two will cover the new Matt Reeves uh, Batman. So if you just need more Batman after listening to this, uh, you know, go check out Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, where we will be talking about him all month long. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Day, um, First time appearance. We had both ends of the spectrum here. They, <laughs> you were you were a joy to have here today. You had, you had some great insight, and um, I want to uh, uh, give you a chance. You want to tell people where they can find you online or whatever else you're up to? Uh, yeah. So I will be on Instagram at, at Alexander Day. Um, but that's about it, really. I am super excited to have done my first podcast here with you guys. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I will be on Two Dudes um, Watch Cartoons at some point, so you can find me there in the near future. Yes. Love that. All right, guys. Um, Tommy, what, what about you? What, what you got anything going on? No, you know what, Michael? Like, I just got nothing going on, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I really don't. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to be on a couple podcasts coming up. I'll, I'll mention those when those happen. Um, uh, some more Boy Meets World coverage. I love, mm -hmm. love whenever I can get on a, a shit 90 shows taught me. Uh, and uh, other than that, I'm just playing D&D &D all the time. Come join me in the post-show recaps Discord if you want to uh, play some D&D. &D. Uh, that's where I'm at. Awesome. All right. Well, I will close this out here. Um, 
Uh, I would like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Um, and please subscribe because we'll be here every single week with some sort of uh, coverage of something. Uh, I guess next we have Moon Knight. Moon Knight's next, so uh, get ready for that. That's coming. I'm uh, we also have a Discord community, so if that's something you're interested in, you can message us at Star Wars Pod on either Instagram or Twitter, and we can get you in there. Um, that also, I, I just want to double down on the plug to go follow us on Instagram because uh, I've been I've been trying to do a lot of cool stuff on there, uh, making reels. Uh, Briz has helped me make uh, give me some advice the on the real reels, game so. is strong. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting there. Um, but yeah, so go check out our Instagram at Star Wars Pod. Uh, we also have merch there. We have T-shirts now, so if that's something you're interested in, uh, go check that out. And uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs> that was your Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's my, ba- that's my Batman voice. It's me. It's Batman Bruce Wayne here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you all doing?